Hey, hey, Twisted listeners. Hey, everybody. Welcome welcome to our, our little book club. Little book talk. We are talking today um, about the Butterfly Garden. Um, it is actually part of a series. I have only read the first one. It's part of a series called The Collector. Okay. Right. So it's by Dot Hutchison. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and share um, the like the summary. So to give you an idea. Near an, isolate, near an isolated mansion lies a beautiful garden. In this garden grows luscious flowers, shady trees, and a collection of precious, quote-unquote, butterflies. Young women who have been kidnapped and intricately tattooed to resemble their namesakes. Mm. Overseeing it all is the gardener, a brutal, twisted man obsessed with with capturing and preserving his lovely specimens. When the garden is discovered, a survivor is brought in for questioning. So FBI agents Victor and Brandon are tasked with piecing together one of the most stomach-churning cases of their careers. But the girl, known as Maya, proves to be a puzzle herself. As her story twists and turns, slowly shedding light on life in the butterfly garden, Maya reveals old grudges, new saviors, and horrific tales of a man who'd go to any length to hold beauty captive. But the more she shares, the more the agents have to wonder what she's still hiding. Right. So what we aren't telling, and this is spoilers from here on out. Right. So if you haven't yeah, read, the if you've book, read it, yeah. Stop here. If you've read it, we're going to go ahead and talk about the book because this is our book talk on a book. Yeah. So there you go. Um, what he does, the gardener preserves, and he there's a point in time at 21 when the gardener is done with these girls. Yes. They're, they're 21. He kidnaps them. He likes to kidnap them between the ages of like 16 and 17. So he has four to five years with yes. each butterfly. There's never a like a specific number given, but I mean there are, I believe, in the in the low twenties number of butterflies at any one given time. I was wondering how many there were. Um I think I read somewhere in there that there's like there's usually around like twenty to twenty-four butterflies. So yeah. what he would do is he would take them and it was kind of this ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, he would, and all the girls would know when it was someone's time is usually their birthday or if they became pregnant, these were the yes. two factors that would lead him into this uh, time to die. They really never knew until the end how he was killing them. Um, but then he preserved them. Yes. And, like embalmed them. And then he put them in these glass cases mm-hmm. filled with resin with the, the big, huge butterfly tattoos on their backs that he tattooed onto them would be like displayed. Their whole body was displayed, but the focal point was on their butterfly wings. And the back tattoo. Yes. I mean, and I'm like, suddenly he's a tattoo artist um, doing these intricate butterflies that would span their entire backs. Yes. His branding of them. All different kinds of butterflies. So um, when he'd bring them in, they would wake, they'd wake up after, and like several days later, like they had been drugged. And there was always another butterfly who kind of helped them. Yes. 
through that process. And then their life, like they got to go out into this beautiful garden that was like in a, like a dome, basically. It sounds like, like that. I couldn't picture. I'm ha- I have a hard time picturing like it was. A- it was like I'm imagining like a glass, glass walls and glass ceiling. That's but like not I- breakable glass. Like. Yes. And he would na- rename them. So they never yes. really knew each other's real names until the day that they died. Most of the girls, it seemed like, would whisper to somebody their real name. So I think one of the frustrating things when they're when they're interviewing the girl that they know as Maya, because that's what the other girls call her, is, is that she is, they ask a question and she like, circles around everything in her retellings like they're in they're getting a ton of information but she is driving the interview they are not in the driver's so seat I, re- I listened to the audiobook and i listened to part of it too so yeah. did you realize like uh, my question was why did they use a male voice for the present day interviews for maya and then a female voice for when it was in the past that really confused me. Yeah. So I read it and then I listened to it for to about probably five hours of it. I listened back. Um, and I think that that was how, like, I don't know. It was, I guess, the choice that it was from the FBI agent's point of view and that they started to retell the conversation. Like when she would first answer the question, it was still his voice. And then it would switch to her voice when she kind of took over and wasn't really answering okay, his question. That, that kind of makes, that kind of makes sense. Cause it was just, it took me out of the story a little bit. Yeah. I liked her voice definitely better mm-hmm. than I liked his voice. Cause it was weird hearing her answers and his voice. So the gardener had sons. Yes, he had one really evil, twisted motherfucker of a son. Mm -hmm. And then he had another son that was, at first, completely unaware of what's going on. And that just, that was a little hole in the story for me. So the name of the the son who was actually helpful, Desmond, was the younger son. Yeah, and the end, he is the one that tells, right? Yeah, who's the the older son? Avery. All right, so Avery's the asshole, and he sick, twisted. Right, so apparently they lived near the garden, like on the same property. Yeah, and they the Maya would watch the gardener and his wife go for walks. The weird thing is that they had a house somewhere else on the property, but there was the greenhouse that the whole family would go visit, and then within that greenhouse. There was somehow another secret greenhouse. That's yeah. Yeah. And she could Maya, the main character, could see from the butterfly garden into the other greenhouse if she was up in a tree. It was there was a lot like how I feel like if Dave if David and I went for daily walks in a greenhouse, I might be like, hey, what's that other thing? And why don't we ever go there? And why, why are yeah, you spending it, the night there? Yeah, he spent a ton of time at the greenhouse. And the older son, Avery, 
did as well, like had his own key and codes, but okay. And so then it sounds because there's varying degrees of evil. There's the gardener who is evil as hell and rapes the girls and gives them new names and tattoos them on their back and holds them captive. The son, when he comes into the garden, he was, he was, it was like a next He's level more violent. Like he torture. was, mm-hmm. yeah, like he was, he would come in and rape them, but the gardener was like also raping them. But I don't think it was, a, it, I don't know how to say, say this without sounding like absolutely ludicrous. Like his wasn't a violent raping. They just knew there was no other choice. Right. Right. But like um, he had a torture room. The son did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I, the reviews go from this was the best book I've ever written to this was the worst book I've ever read. And like, so, yeah. And so little things like Avery, okay. A big spoiler alert. Um, kidnapped a, a child and did horrible things to the child. Um, and then they were, even the gardener was upset when he saw that little girl and the, he, cause he, I mean, he, he was very steadfast about not taking kids under 15, whatever. Um, so the gardener would, he lined up all these dead girls in the resin, like I'm thinking under glass, but yeah. um, they had special walls that covered the rooms in which the girls lived. That that come up and down yeah. at different times during the day. Like you have to kind of, yeah, it, you're on to, the, yeah, give up a you, little reality. Yeah. You have to just suspend your disbelief. The police went there first. They didn't see anything because all the all the walls were down. Anara or Maya, right? The the same person. Maya, uh, who is so she has three names, but you don't find out her real real name until the very end. Samira. She'd run, she, oh, so you have to suspend disbelief because apparently she had this terrible, terrible childhood. Um, Her parents were married, but because of their mad, wild attraction to each other. But then the mother gets, they get pregnant. And basically one day when she's like five or six years old, they, they have, they are at a amusement park that the therapist suggested they do things as families. And while the little girl is on the carousel her parents are standing on two different sides of the carousel one put her on the carousel one's supposed to get Uh, her off the carousel and they both wander off with people of the opposite sex yeah i I mean i have been to amusement parks circuses carousels um nobody has i've never seen anybody like pick somebody else up in such a way that they lose all sense of the fact that they have a child on a carousel and just wander off. I'm not saying that it couldn't happen. I'm just so, but then this is where it gets weird. They gather her up like this little lost girl. She ends up in the little lost and found. She's able to escape the like lost and found where they're calling for people. She's able to escape, get out of the park, go to a payphone, call for somebody to come pick her up. Like it's just, and she's six. So she's talking about how before she's taken and why she runs away at the age of 14 and is living in New York where she is eventually taken by the gardener. But you have to suspend a lot of disbelief because as a child, when her parents divorce, she has to take a taxi by herself at like age seven to yeah. another town. She has to, They put her on a bus and she rides a bus and calls a taxi on her own and it's like it's just a lot to 
to not believe. To it's a lot. It is a lot. Like I feel like they took shitty childhood and tried to make it worse. Worse. Like shitty childhood would have done it. She ran away at fourteen. Like, and there was kind of notes of of like hints of well, at least the butterfly like the butterfly garden was a better place in some respects than what she was living before. Um, yeah. Then she. she had a- yeah. She ended up living with a bunch of girls um, and working at a restaurant. So after 14. Yes. And that's when she, the gardener first sees her mm-hmm. and his son. And I don't know if it was the son or the gardener who kidnapped her because they're both the kidnappers. Right. So they were hosting a dinner at the restaurant she worked at for theater supporters and it was about Madame Butterfly. And so he had all of the waitresses got to, had to dress up as butterflies basically. Yes. And that's when he first conversed and saw her. And then several days later she was leaving the library and was taken, but she lives with a girl. And this is what you don't find out until the very end. She lives with a girl who is the only girl who had ever escaped the gardener. Right. The The premise here is that, so this girl, Sophia, got pregnant by the gardener. And she has a yes. child. And she knew if the gardener found out that she had a child, that they would both be killed. So I guess she's telling this whole story to Maya. And then Maya, we don't know if she gets kidnapped on purpose. I don't think she does that was my take but that when she woke up she knew where she was and the reason that she would be there is basically i guess she's trying to either get rid of the gardener or erase any information about sophia i mean i was trying to figure out what what could she have done there that it would have even been a thought that they asked her if she went there on purpose because they the detectives asked did you do this on purpose to to protect your friend so here's the thing when you're reading it i felt like i was completely like not enthralled it's not the right we're involved like it's afterwards when you try and talk about it that you're like yeah that didn't make sense and this didn't make sense and that didn't make sense it's very so if you're willing to to suspend disbelief got a very big silence of the lambs like Yes. Flavor. Like I said, it's like the Butterfly Garden Part 1. The next one is called The Roses of May. And I think that it is, it's about the same FBI agents. And it's talking about how like, so the next book says four months after the explosion at the garden, a place where young women known as the butterflies were kept captive, FBI agents are still entrenched in the aftermath, helping survivors in the process of adjusting to life on the outside. With winter coming to an end, the butterflies have longer, warmer days of healing ahead. But for the agents, the impending thaw means one gruesome thing, a chilling guarantee that somewhere in the country, another young woman will turn up dead in a church with her throat slit and her body surrounded by flowers. So they kind of continue with like what's happening with the the girls that had been the butterflies. Okay. And then they're going to go into another murder. It well, is yeah. free on Kindle Unlimited. So. Okay. So overall, I would say 
because I sent it to Jen and Jen, you read it and you said that you liked it. So, which is interesting because sometimes it's like, yeah, that sucked. Um, but it, you are right. As we're talking about it, as I'm reading the summary, I'm like, but I never understood that part. And right. I guess the true writing is if, because we really get taken out of stories if the writing is bad. Mm-hmm. And we brought up the perfect marriage before um, as an example. And mm-hmm. we didn't love that book. No. But if it's good writing, we can d- suspend disbelief a little bit more. Yeah, I, I never think. was like, why was that set? Like the writing itself, it's more the plot that afterwards you might have questions about like, what in the hell? I don't know. How- it's when you go back to re-explain it that you're like, yeah, that. But when I was reading, I I wanted to keep turning the pages. For all, it's got four and a half out of five stars. Yeah, let's read some reviews on Amazon, and it's got amazing reviews. Like lots of people are like, "This was the best freaking book I've ever read." And then, like I said, there are so two percent of the reviews are one star, which is not very many. I would definitely mm-hmm. probably give it maybe a four yeah or 3.75 there you go yeah i would definitely suggest reading it yeah I, so like somebody's was like terrible will actually make you slightly less intelligent with every page you attempt to believe i didn't feel that way when i was reading that at all no i didn't i don't and we're pretty pretty critical we're pretty mean to be honest and i didn't feel that way at all i also would not say this was the best book i've ever written written (laughs) i did not write this the best book i've ever read in my life um so i am reading and um i actually did a tiktok about it um sometimes i lie oh um so I follow Steph Reads a lot and she's blown up lately because she started this trend of silent book reviews and she went from like <laughs> 40,000 to maybe now she's at, I don't know, um, maybe 180,000 within like weeks, 172,000. So um, she was talking about one of the books that kind of started her with her thriller journey. And it was Sometimes I Lie. Um by Alice Feeney, I think. Hold on. Yep, you're right. I just pulled Um, it up. So I'm not going to go into a lot of it. However, however, the premise, which is phenomenal, and I don't, you know, sometimes I I see these premises, I'm like, why didn't I think about that? But it's it's being narrated by a woman from her coma. Oh, interesting. um, the, the, The fact that she is aware, and it kind of shows her coming coming and going out of the coma, but she knows the people are there. She knows the perfume. She knows the lotion. She knows when people are sitting next to her, her husband was standing over her and she felt a shadow over her eyelids, but she couldn't talk. So Mm -hmm. this one again goes back and forth about her life. Um, And I am, I'm pretty fascinated by it. So maybe that might be a good book. And, and I said on my TikTok, I said, it brought up some very irrational fears of mine. Um, did you ever read the story about there was a man? I think I probably sent it to you because it was so weird. There was a man who um, was having a surgery done and uh, the anesthetic didn't take 
effect. Oh. But the 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 paralytic did because they give you a paralytic before the anesthetic. So um. he told the story of how he could feel everything and he couldn't move. And so it, oh my God, but it's not like being in a coma and nobody, you know, you feeling like you're aware. And I just wonder how long, how, how, if that's ever happened, but the one, the part that got me in the book at the very beginning is the husband leaned over her while she's in a coma and said, bitch, but you got to really hate someone to bitch them out. And cuss them out while they're in a coma. Yeah, I will say that this book that you're talking about is also um, free on Kindle Unlimited. So All that's right. a win for me. I shall be, I shall be reading it. Yeah. Um, wh- oh, shit, I was about to look. But huh. I, I'm enjoying it. I don't know how it ends. I'm already talking about it before I've even read it. But I just think that's a really cool premise. Interesting, okay. interesting. All right, friends, we hope you stay twisted. And and yeah, stay keep, twisted. Keep reading. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye. Bye.